0: Good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. You know, when Mary Alice and I started this last March, we had no idea that when Christmas would come around, we'd still be dealing with the problems. And of course, we had no idea we were going to continue on with Noah's Window. But it's been a great season for us, as we've seen. Even though the world is in difficulty, God still has His plan and He's doing great things with that in mind, Mary Alice and I have been talking about for the days leading up to Christmas doing kind of a Noah's window Christmas edition. And so today we're starting some of our Christmas themes uh, on Noah's window. And, you know, if you want to know where the story of Christmas first occurs in the Bible, strangely enough, you would have to go back to the very first book. In fact, you would go back to the very first narrative, the first story, first story in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter three. And for those of you who like to study your Bibles, you'll recognize that instantly as the chapter of the Bible that talks about Adam and Eve's sin when they disobeyed God. And actually, the first mention of Christmas comes in God's uh, visit to Adam and Eve and, and ultimately Satan, too, because God is confronting Satan. So uh, let's go back to Genesis chapter three, verse 15, and we will see the very first time that the Christmas story is mentioned. Uh, just a little background. Adam and Eve have sinned. They've tried to cover up their sin uh, by hiding and by sowing fig leaves together, which was a very painful experience, I'm sure. And finally, God comes looking for them. And he confronts them. And of course, Adam and Eve are confronted. And, and, and then God begins to confront Satan. Uh, there was this little blame thing going on. Adam said it was the woman. And then God talked to her. And then the woman said, well, the devil was the one who lured me into this sin. So it's at that point that God begins to talk to Satan. And it's the very first time that we have the story of Christmas mentioned. And here's what the Bible says in Genesis 3.15. God said to Satan, I will put enmity. In other words, I'm going to make you enemies. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Now, if you just stopped at that point, there would be a surprise there. First of all, God has referred to the seed of the woman. Normally, when we think about reproductive uh, aspects, we ascribe seed to the man. But here God says, It'll be the woman's seed. But if there was a period right there, it, it might look like God was saying to Satan, look, I'm going to cause conflict between you and your demons and the human race. That might be technically true, but that's not what God has in mind here. Watch the shift. God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. The next pronoun is he. So in other words, this is not a group of people. This is not the human race. This is a specific person. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise him on the hill. Well, that's the very first time that we have the promise of Christmas. God was saying to Satan, you've won the day. You've you've gotten my creation, Adam and Eve, to sin and the whole human race to fall. And of course, ultimately, all the pain and difficulty of our world were going to happen because Adam and Eve had brought sin into the world. God said, you won the day, but you're not going to win the battle because God said, someday I'm going to send the seed of the woman. And and this is really interesting. God said to Satan, you will bruise his heel. In other words, you will cause him a temporary painful condition. I don't know if you've ever bruised your heel. I have. Uh, It's something that's very painful, but you get over in time, usually fairly quickly. But God said to Satan, you'll bruise his heel, but he's going to cave your head in. Well, that's the first promise of the coming of the Messiah. And I find it sort of interesting, you know, and maybe I'm, I'm going too far with this but I don't think so. Uh, when when God says to Satan, uh, the seed of the woman, I, I think really when you get right down to it, the third person referred to in the Bible, third human is Mary, because God was saying someday, I'm going to send my savior into the world. Why well, is that important? I mean, what's the deal about a descendant of the woman and not the man? You know, one of the things that uh, I've watched through the years, there are a lot of people that will say, well, I believe that Jesus was a great person, a great teacher, but I can't go with this virgin birth thing. Guys and ladies, the virgin birth is the spine of the Bible. It, it, it must be. If the virgin birth is not true, then you can throw your Bible away. And I'll tell you why. Because somehow God has to send a human being into the world to live in our place and die as a sacrifice in our place. But that human being could not be tainted by sin. In other words, that human being could not be born with a sin nature. Now, ladies, you're going to love this because the Bible teaches us in many places, especially Romans chapter five. If you want to study this a little more, you might look there. But the Bible says death came into the world through a man. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 21. <laughs> so every person that has a human father has an inherited sin nature. That's why we are born with a predisposition toward doing wrong. So let me read the rest of that verse. I'm in 1 Corinthians 15. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. So God had to bring his Savior into the world, not born with a human father to inherit the sin nature. Also, there's another aspect of this. You know, We've just started our... uh, Christmas series at New Spring called Jesus Exclamation Point. I'm going to be talking about this, God willing, this next weekend. It was so critical that Jesus be both human and God, because if he's God, he cannot, he cannot act on our behalf. And if he's human but not God, then he cannot save us. So it was essential that in God's plan, Jesus be both human and God. Now, let's let's talk about that for just a moment, because we have another place in the Bible that helps us understand that. Uh, Mary's pregnant and she's engaged and she's never been with a man and the angel has come to tell her that, tell her what's going to happen. And so Mary asked the question that I think any woman would ask in that situation. She said, how how can it be? That's in Luke one verse 34. Mary asked the angel, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. It's the how question. Because on a human level, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, most of us have taken biology and a lot of you have taken a lot further studying health sciences. You know, of course, that there is the, there is the seed of the man, there is the reproductive cell of the woman. You know, each has 23 chromosomes and they together uh, form the zygote. And of course, that's why you and I have characteristics of our human mother and our human dad. So Mary is like asking, How am I going to have a baby because there's been no man with me? Now look at the answer in verse 35 of Luke 1. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of God shall overshadow you. Those are interesting words. So the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the Son of God. Well, as we begin this little journey to draw lessons from the Bible that relate to the Christmas story, I think it's fitting that we start at the very beginning. Because isn't it interesting, do you find this interesting as I do, that on the worst day that the human race ever experienced, the day when Adam and Eve sinned and brought all the pain, suffering into our world, that God gave his first promise of a savior. God gave his first Christmas promise. You know, uh, one of the great secrets of the Bible is that there are a lot of prophecies about the coming of Christ that are in the Old Testament. We may look at some of those as we lead up to Christmas here. but. If you just want to draw a bottom line to this, and there are many bottom lines that we could draw, but could we just draw this bottom line that God always has a plan of redemption? Isn't it beautiful that our God doesn't throw people away, but He always makes a way for people to come back to Him? And that way is Jesus, and He's still available to anyone who wants to trust Him as Savior and Lord. You know, uh, I've covered some what would be considered theological ground, but they're great truths. And it could be that someone today has come face to face with the awareness of what God's plan involved. You might say, well, how do I get in on that? Well, it's beautiful because all you have to do is to accept Jesus. In other words, he has to live the life that you can't live. And then of course, die the death that you and I can never die. And then when we trust him, when we accept him, accept his life and his death in our place, in other words, when we allow him to, I use a baseball term, pinch hit and pinch run for us, then we have salvation. And that's why the Bible calls it a gift. So if you're not sure that you've ever received that gift, I want to do what we do at New Spring a lot. And Mary Alice does this as well sometimes on Noah's window. I want to give you an opportunity to accept the ultimate gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ now how do you receive a gift you just reach out and accept it so i'm going to pray a prayer right now and if you'd like to pray that prayer with me you can and this would be a great day on noah's window for you dear god i know i'm a sinner like adam i've broken your law but i believe you made a way for me to be right with you i believe jesus lived a perfect life i believe he died on my behalf on the cross and that he arose from the grave. I want Jesus to be my Savior and my King. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just pray with me, Mary Alice and I have a gift we'd like to share with you in New Spring Church as well. It's just a, a box, but it's got a New Spring Bible and a book that I wrote ten years ago almost about answering some questions about how you can know for sure you're going to heaven and what it means to follow Jesus. And that'll be available to you. All you have to do is text PRAYED, P-R-A-Y-E-D, to 97000, and we'll get that out to you. Well, God bless, and we're looking forward to this Christmas journey with you on Noah's Window. Thanks for joining us.